1: Hey, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. What could be better than food, family, and football? We've got a full menu of college football on tap for you this weekend. It's rivalry weekend in college football. Florida State is at Florida. The Seminoles may have a new head coach by Sunday. USF plays at Central Florida. Will this be Charlie Strong's last game? And, of course, there are games with national championship implications Alabama and Auburn. Ohio State is at Michigan. We'll discuss all that and more with Matt Baker, the college football writer of the Tampa Bay Times, on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, uh, if you're like me, you're probably tired of paying these high electric bills. Mine's been over $300, and that's just too much. If you want to save 90 to 95% off your electric bill, listen to me now. May Electric Solar. That's right. They're a locally-owned company, and May Electric Solar it's the safest solar available. They don't use high voltage like many other companies. And May Electric Solar has a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor. They have a full showroom that's open weekdays so you can see their quality products. And May Electric Solar has been around for 12 years. They've earned a great reputation with their customers and their peers. Now, there are many other solar companies imitating them, trying to use their great name. But remember, they don't use subcontractors, and they do not subcontract for any other company in any way. So everyone knows... It has to be May all the way. Let's stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills and start saving money now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862, and if you call right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit through 2019 by changing to solar energy. Call the real May Electric at 727-819-2862, and we want to wish you all a very happy and great Thanksgiving. It's rivalry weekend here in college football. We've got the guy to talk about that and so much more. Matt Baker joins us now. And, Matt, let's start again in Tallahassee with Florida State and their head coaching search. Uh, You know, 4-0 Del Hagens will play Florida if he upsets them. Who knows what happens then. But you said that it looks for all the world like whoever they're targeting now is still playing. Um, What's the latest in the FSU coaching search?
0: Yeah, so I think the field has kind of narrowed a little bit. You know, Mark Stoops has apparently taken himself out of the running or been taken out of the running, depending on how you view it. Um, sure. Obviously, Bob Stoops is still very, 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 very unlikely. Um, so I, I think the field is narrowing. Right now, if, if I had to put money on it, I might take Matt Campbell at Iowa State over the field. Just because I don't think Florida State is going to get James Franklin from from Penn State, I've you know it, it, unless he really wants a change of scenery, he's in a really good situation up there. Penn State is a marquee, top fifteen at worst, probably top ten caliber job. Florida State's in the same you know in that same kind of tier, but uh, FSU's got some administrative issues, some financial issues. So unless Franklin really wants a change of scenery and the USD thing doesn't materialize for one reason or another, I don't think Franklin's going anywhere. And then you're looking at a Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, where again he's in a great situation. So unless he wants a change of scenery, then I don't see him taking it. So then you're kind of in the the next tier of candidates, and to me, Matt Campbell is a, is a cut above the rest. He's done a really really nice job at Iowa State. Um, you know, got third consecutive seven win season, or at least seven wins. That is a that is an accomplishment at Iowa State. That they've only done that three other times in program history. He he's not. Uh, super cheap, but he's not too uh, too expensive for the Knolls. Again, I think he's got a very high floor, and, and he's shown that at Iowa State can recruit this area. So to me, he, he's a risk because all coaches are risks, and he's never competed at a high level and recruited the, the a lot of the four and five star guys. FSU is going to have to get, but I think right now, if I had to put money on it, I think he's the guy.
1: So what would the timetable be now with uh, his duties at Iowa State if the, if that were the case?
0: Yeah, so Iowa State plays Kansas State on Saturday, so then it would just be a. I think it's it's Saturday night too. So again, I think in the best case scenario for Florida State, if they've identified him or whoever else a mystery candidate, I I don't know. Um, if they've identified that person, then games are Saturday. The best case scenario is Sunday. Things really really heat up. Maybe they've already got a, a deal in place kind of sorta, and they're just kind of finalizing things. And then, you know, the ideal scenario, they announce him on Sunday, introduce him at a press conference Monday, and he's on the road recruiting Monday afternoon. Now, I don't know how feasible that is. It could take an extra day or two. But I would think certainly, you know, we record this Wednesday morning. Um, I I would think by the time we talk next week, FSU has a coach in place. If they don't, then it's time to start, you know, if, if they don't have a coach in place by Friday, it's time to really start worrying for FSU.
1: So if it's Campbell or another coach uh, that's working this weekend, would he then um, not coach the bowl game if his team was involved in one? Or how would that work? How would that work?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the accepted the accepted practice. Um, mm. I'll credit Bud Elliott at SB Nation or Banner Society, I guess they're called now. Uh, He's floated the idea of if a, 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 pro, a big time program calls a group of five coaches, says, hey, I want you to coach. I want you to be our next coach, but I want you to leave right now in the middle of the season. He thinks at some point that could happen because of the early wow. signing period and the way it needs, you know, you just have to get on get on your new job as soon as possible. We're not there yet mm. in, in kind of the, the grand uh, ecosystem of college football. It is, however, accepted practice that you, if you are, go through the, your coach, you coach to the end of the regular season, your duty's done. You can leave and, and before the bowl game. That's what Mullen did at Mississippi State. Not every coach does that. You know, Scott Frost was double dipping, uh, going back and forth with Nebraska and UCF that year. So it's not a given, but that's kind of the accepted practice. The, the wild card in here, though, Rick, is if it's somebody in the in, either playing for a conference championship or in the college football playoff mix. So l- let's yeah. say it's one of the Clemson coordinators, which is still you know, a a, uh, a possibility. Then it's a, it's a different it's a different uh, animal because. You know, they probably wouldn't want to accept the job while they're getting ready to play whoever it is for the, for the conference championship. Um, you can obviously take the head coaching job after the conference title game, start all your recruiting and filling out your staff while you're getting ready to coach in the playoff. You know, it seems like Bama every year has a coordinator who's doing that. But there's just a lot of wrinkles with that. It's a major complicating issue. Again, I, I'm not saying that should be a deal breaker. If, if you're FSU, you think uh, Scott or Elliot or, or Venables, one of those coordinators is your best guy. You should hire him, but it's it's a it's it can be a messy situation and make for a really stressful month for that poor uh, millionaire coach.
1: Yeah, and the theory is is that you know, whoever that new head coach is, instead of watching as much game tape as he should to prepare his team, he's calling recruits and doing that. And I've seen that even at the pro level. When Monty Kiffin was going to join Lane, as a matter of fact, it was Alabama that let Lane go before before they played after Lane took the uh, Florida Atlantic job, right?
0: Correct, and that was uh, <laughs> that was uh, after that was the title game in Tampa. I was at yeah. the Peach Bowl uh, covering the one semifinal with with Bama and Washington. Came down to watch Florida Iowa in the Outback Bowl and cover that for a little bit. And then the Lane Kiffin thing happens, where again we cared a little bit more than usual because it was a Lane Kiffin and B the title game was in Tampa. So that was yeah, a yeah. <laughs> that was a weird day.
1: Yeah, that was a big story. Okay, I'll throw a name out for you that Tom Jones threw out. Of course, Tom has also predicted the Bucks will not Who? lose another game. Yeah, Tom I know Tom that guy. Who? <laughs> uh, the guy at the Pointer Institute that uh oh, yeah, yeah. that is a media critic of all things. Um, former columnist, my former radio partner. He he threw out this name because he couldn't get it done apparently uh, to go back to Rutgers. How about Greg Schiano? Oh, Rick <laughs> You can talk that's the reaction I, I, I had, by the way.
0: Well, you can I I've put it out there jokingly on Twitter. You can talk yourself into it, and, and here, here's here's a case I'm going to make. I don't I don't make know what, what what Tim Jones or whoever it was said, but here's the case <laughs> I would make. Um, Shiano has punched above his weight at Rutgers. Um, he he obviously has ties to to Florida and the Tampa Bay area, which would help him in recruiting. He recruited this area, you know, someone who was at Rutgers, and obviously his bucks ties are going to help. And Florida State right now is a is a program that is. It's, it's, an, it's, it's an immense situation. Um, with, with discipline, it's a mess kind of administratively to some degree. I think Shiano, in theory, could come in and, and fix that up it, with toes on the line and uh, meeting rooms at negative 13 degrees, if I remember right. Now, do I think it will happen? No. Do I think it has a high chance of being an absolute failure? Yes. But if I wanted to talk myself into it, I suppose you could, right? It, your, your your thoughts on the matter?
1: My thoughts are hell to the no, but uh, that's only because <laughs> that's only because by the time he left, the building was on fire, or at least had lots of MRSA in it. Um, well, but, I can't blame To be, him for that, to be but, fair,
0: they they had to light it on fire to get rid of the MRSA.
1: So yeah, this is true.
0: Be, be fair to the man.
1: This is true. I'm trying to be as fair as I can be, but uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, the college game is different than the pro game. I would say. I'd be much more apt to hire him as a college coach than an NFL coach again. That's for damn sure, at least as a head coach. But, uh, you know, look, you know what you're getting with Shiano. You're getting, you know, toes-on-the-line guy that uh, can recruit, and he's out of central casting as a head coach. And he knows football. I mean, you know, it's not like he hasn't had good uh, mentors along the way. He's friends with Bill Belichick. I mean, there'd be a lot of people making phone calls for him. So, um it isn't the craziest idea i don't think it's going to happen but um you know there was a time when he was very interested in the uh usf job uh, well and, uh, and
0: and we'll see and how about that what, one yeah we'll see what what happens there um and i guess I'll, I'll say i'll bring us back to the realm of reality if that's okay um <laughs> sure Shiano is not a name that i have heard yeah being seriously discussed so it's fun for us to talk about in, in this format and it's fun to throw around on twitter um but in the realm of actual reality things i would report and feel comfortable saying he is not a name that has come up with me from anyone serious
1: right well we didn't seriously hear it either <laughs> until he walked into the building one day so um uh, you know, a lot right, of times they, they talk talk to guys uh you know un- under uh under silence but Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, the Matt Campbell uh, seems like a likely choice, seems like a a pretty good choice. Risky because of all the things you mentioned. But uh, we should know, I think, sooner than later what what FSU is going to do. That is, unless they beat Florida, (laughs) then maybe all bets are off. Um, Listen, Dan Mullen uh, has done a nice job. They're going to win at least, what, 10 games, maybe 11 Um, and the question I have for you, Matt, is is one that was posed posed to me on television. I didn't have a great answer, so I think you'll have a better one. Does Mullen have the Gators team right now in position to play for a national championship? In other words, does that program progress what What is the element, if there are any that are missing from them, saying you know what? Next year, we're gonna we're gonna probably have a really good chance to beat LSU and or Georgia to play in the SEC title and win it.
0: He. I'm going to answer that a couple of different ways. The, the short answer is no. Um, the, the long answer is no, but he's getting better. Um, mm-hmm. So this, mm-hmm. this year is a step forward from last year. Um, you right. know the, the playoff rankings came out the other night. Florida is still in the New York Six conversation, but just based on who's ahead of them and the, the matchups and everything, they, there's no guarantee they're going to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. So in some ways, that is a step back. Um, but not really because last year they kind of backed into one because there wasn't and the, the, the the good tier, not, not great, but the good tier, it wasn't that big. And this year, the good tier is larger and, and Florida might be kind of on the wrong side of that. So if Florida, I think is a better team now than they were a year ago, even if that might not necessarily show up in where they finished this season. So that, that's a step there. They're, they're sign They're, they're making steps in the right direction, but I don't know whether he can get a national championship done. Um, I mean, I'll say something that our our, um, former colleague Martin Finley said early on when they hired Mullen. I know he can win 9 or 10 games. I don't know if he can win 11, 12, 13, 14. And I I think the jury is still out. You know, he could could absolutely get to 11 this year, but there's still a jump between 11 and then going to the playoff. And frankly, he hasn't recruited at the level necessary to, to do that. Uh, The gap to some degree is kind of closing against Georgia just because Florida's recruiting a little bit better than they had, but it's not like a top eight class or anything that he has. Um, So I don't know that he can get enough dudes to challenge Georgia, to challenge LSU, to challenge Obama, and then uh, Clemson, Oklahoma, you know, whoever it would be in in the playoff. I just don't think he's there yet. Um, I don't know that. Yeah.
1: And let me just ask this, uh, and I don't want to slow your roll, but uh, could it be as simple as finding what LSU found in Joe Burrow, or what Alabama is able to recruit in, in to attack Aloa I mean, is Emery Jones that guy? Could he find that Dak Prescott like quarterback, and then they 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 are in that position?
0: I, I suppose that's possible um, if you get a and a really 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 good quarterback, but I mean those guys don't grow on trees. Um, no, they don't. Maybe. Maybe Emory is the guy, but I would think if Emory was the guy, we'd be seeing more of him now, right?
1: That's a great point. That's a great point. He'd be playing every every down.
0: Correct, because I mean Kyle Trask has done a fantastic job. We, we, I don't think we'll really realize until the end of the season just what a good job Mullen has done and a quarterback coach Brian Johnson has done. Because remember, their starting quarterback, their veteran starter, went down against Kentucky. And they're still in a mix where they're, in some ways, a better team than they were last year, despite all the injuries they've had. And a lot of that is by doing a quarterback they didn't recruit, who not a lot of other people have recruited either, and making him play like a top 25 quarterback in the country. So, yeah, you know, he's, yeah. he's done a great job with Kyle Trask and give him tons of credit for that. Um, but if, if Emory were the chosen one, I think we'd be seeing a little bit more than what we're seeing now. Again, that doesn't mean he can't get there. Um, but, mm-hmm. but he's not there yet. And the other thing we have to kind of consider, too, is just the way the roster is going to be set up next year. So you 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 go through cycles, right, where, uh, you know, sometimes you—I mean, right now they've got a, a bunch of really good receivers and some really good guys on defense that are probably all going to leave. Now, yeah. I, there's going to be new guys coming in, but I think there's going to be a drop at, at receiver. Uh, there's mm-hmm. going to be a drop on defensive end when you lose— an All-America candidate in John Grenard and an early-round pick in, in Jabari Zuniga. So you, you, you factor those considerations in, and you know Florida might not be quite as good next year. That doesn't mean the program's going to fall apart and, or anything like that. It just means they might have a little bit of a hiccup. So really, I think in a couple of years, when we'll, we'll really see what Mullen can do and whether he can challenge for championships. But to me, that means he's going to have to you know, close this 2020 recruiting class strong and get off to a really, really strong start in the 21 class, too.
1: Yeah, so much, of course, the college game is recruiting. And, um, you know, Dan's had a good year. The Gators have had a good year. But uh, yeah. we'll see if they can get into that into that SEC mix uh, for championships. All right, UCF and USF battle, uh, not so much a rivalry right now when it's one-sided the way it has been uh, at Central Florida. Here's the million-dollar question, and probably just that figure or more. Uh, is this Charlie Strong's last game for the Bulls?
0: I don't know, Rick. I, I, you know, our, our our colleague Joey Knight knows more about this than I do, and he's not sold that Charlie is going to be gone. And right. again, I don't I don't think USF wants to get rid of him. Um, and, and I guess you know credit Michael Kelly here, the AD for for giving Charlie every opportunity to try and turn this around. You know, if and honestly, I mean, it should to some degree come down to Friday if he challenges a, a pretty good. U.S. Uh, UCF team and, and beats them, then maybe he is doing things right. Maybe there has been some progress. and You can look at some of the games earlier in the season. You know, that close uh, competitive loss. Georgia,
1: Georgia Tech, yeah, you had the goal line Cincinnati, stand there. missed miss field goal from Cincinnati, yeah.
0: Yeah, you can add those things up and say, you know what, we're a player two here, a player two where? there. It's not as bad as it seems. Or another possibility, I think the more likely one, is, is UCF kind of rolls, and then if you're looking for a reason to get rid of the guy, that's the time to do it. Where you know that the number I keep going back to, if he, if the the Bulls lose, they're four and fourteen in their last eighteen games, and yeah, if the the fourteenth one in there is a decisive uh, loss to your interstate rival, that's good, but not like you know playoff conversation or anything like that. Good with, with a freshman quarterback. Well, then you kind of look and say, all right, what are we doing here? how much better are we really? And do we need to start looking around more? And, you know, I, I, my, my suspicion would be that this will be his last game, but uh, he'll have a chance to, to prove otherwise.
1: Yeah, that'll be one to watch for sure. Okay, we got a ton of national games of interest, to say the very least. Let's start with Alabama and Auburn, Alabama still probably figures they got a lot to play for. This is the Iron Bowl; anything can happen, and anything does, as, as uh, Keith Jackson used to say. So, uh, wh- how do you how do you make out the Crimson Tide without their quarterback? Uh, and that's certainly going to be something on the minds of of the you know the pollsters and the people that decide the national championship playoffs. Um, where do you see this one falling?
0: I think, I mean, Auburn's a really good team. They are really talented. They've got, you know, they're good on on both lines, especially the defensive line. I'm going to look really strong at Derek Brown, their their, uh, D-tackle, putting him on my Heisman ballot. That's how good I think he is. So I I think Auburn's, in some ways, is too good to go eight and four. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they beat Bama. Um, You know, Nick Saban said uh, the other day that Auburn's the the best team that, that we will face this year. Um, just interesting. I don't know if it's a dig at LSU, if that's just planting the seed in this player's head that we have to be on our best game. And I don't know what what all to make of that. But uh, Auburn's really good, and I thought maybe they've got a chance to do something here. Uh, and you know they they do get a break with with two out because Bama is not going to be the same team. I mean, Bama is not a bunch of schmucks. I mean, their receiving core is just unbelievable. You know, both their offensive tackles could end up in the NFL You know, being the early round picks. Um, but this one is definitely not a runaway, and weird things happen in the Iron Bowl. So I, I think I picked Bama in our, our picks at Tampa bay.com but I would not be surprised at all if Auburn uh, pulled off a, a mild upset.
1: Another interesting game of two ranked teams anyway is Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. The Sooners are still in a national championship picture. Uh, what do they need to have happen for that?
0: Well, they, they need to destroy, I think, or, or beat handily the, the, the Cowboys. Um, you know, and, and in Bedlam, you know, talk about a, a series where anything happens. Bed- Bedlam's Bedlam's crazy, man. Uh, uh, I covered one of those when I was in, at the Tulsa World, and there, I've seen plenty of others. That that series is nuts. Um, so you know, <laughs> o, OU needs to obviously win, and, and win convincingly against a, a top 25 caliber OSU team, and then obviously we'll have to beat uh, Baylor to to win the Big Twelve, and I think for them to be in the playoff, they're going to need some help too. I think Auburn winning would certainly help. Um, I think they between OU and Utah, a, a Pac twelve champion Utah potentially that's going to be an interesting how, how the the committee views that. But yeah, OU needs to to win, and I think winning handily would help, and then they're going to need some help.
1: Yeah, Utah plays uh, at home against Colorado. I don't see them losing that game. Uh, I guess an uh Buffs team. So let's go to, uh, to Wisconsin to Minnesota, the game that's very important in my household. Um, look, uh, Wisconsin, believe it or not, despite the way they've played, if they win this game, they're in the big Ten championship.
0: It, this is an important one uh, in, in our house too. Uh, my my father-in law is in town for the holiday. He is a badger. Um, do you know Rick, there this is go. the long yeah, this is the longest uninterrupted rivalry in the country. They played 128 128 times in a row. 60, 60, and 8.
1: <laughs> wow. This will decide so, it. That's great. This this will decide
0: <laughs> it. Um, what's interesting to me, you know, this is a, the 3.30 Saturday game at the same time as the Iron Bowl. If I'm sitting on my couch, I'm watching this because I've, I've seen yeah. really good Iron Bowls. I'm going to see really important Iron Bowls again. Th- mm-hmm. this, this is the first time this has been relevant, I, I think, in my lifetime. I don't know the yep. next time it's going to be this relevant. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's going to be a, you know a, just a clash of styles because Minnesota throws the ball pretty well and Wisconsin runs it really well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, well, one of the top 10 players in the country, easily got three consecutive 200-yard games for the Badgers. So I, I think that's going to be the difference. I don't know how Minnesota can slow him down, but they're going to have to find a way if they're going to win.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Wisconsin is going to come down to whether their quarterback plays well I think in this game and uh uh unbelievably they still have a chance to uh, to make it to the Big Big 10 championship where they would get throttled probably by the winner, well, by Ohio State, let's put it that way. <laughs> let's, let's face Ohio, it, yeah. Ohio State Ohio State is at Michigan and Look, I think this is one of the most balanced uh Ohio state teams they've had in a long time. I think they didn't play well. They had some turnovers against Penn state who hung around probably longer than they should have, but Michigan does have this in the big house and by God, someday Jim Harbaugh's team is going to jump up and beat Ohio state. Is this the year?
0: I don't think so. I I think you're right. I think eventually it's going to happen, but I don't see it happening this year. I mean, Michigan has played so much better the last, you know, the last four or five weeks. Um, compared to where they were earlier in the year. I mean, they crushed Notre Dame, and, and they, they've shown a, a ton of of life and getting a lot more done offensively. But Ohio mm-hmm. State, you know, I, I put the Buckeyes back to number one on my AP Top 25 ballot this week over LSU, just because, uh, you know, they finally had the a marquee win over a, a good Penn State team. And, and I've said it before, I think they're the most complete team in the country. Their offense with Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins is awesome. Their defense with Chase Young, is awesome their special teams are very good i mean i don't really see a a weakness there and you know i I just listed three players those three guys are certainly three of the 10 best players in the country maybe three of the top five players in the country and i I know there's there's more to a football team than, than the three best guys but that to me just says how good they are and the fact that they've been well coached with ryan Day so far um yeah, I, I think Ohio State's the best team in the country, and eventually Harbaugh, can, I think, will be able to beat the Buckeyes. I just don't think it's happening this year with this team.
1: So tell me, Matt, um, what upsets, if any, do you think may occur in this rivalry weekend, and, and uh, do you think that we're going to have some, some more shifting in the uh, college football polls before this weekend is over?
0: There will definitely be shifting. Um, in, in terms of upsets, I'm, I'm kind of going through, you know, like Clemson plays South Carolina. South Carolina's not that right. good. Georgia plays right. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's not that good.
1: Um, what about Texas I, A&M I, and I LSU? Any, anything there?
0: <laughs> you know, and it's the same thing kind of like I said with Auburn, where I think A&M is, is good enough where maybe they could get somebody. Here's the crazy mm. stat about the fight in Jimbo's, Rick. This is the third team ranked number one in the country A&M has faced this year. They, they they played at Clemson and lost by fourteen. They played uh, Bama and lost by I think it was three scores. And now they've got LSU. That's never happened in the history of college football. And, and lo and behold, it happens in Jimbo's second year. So uh, now, mm. good 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 luck to you, Jimbo. Um, there, there's certainly a chance that one happens. Uh, maybe LSU is a little bit you know already looking ahead to Georgia or something like that. Um, I, I just I just don't see that one. One one game I'm kind of interested in, though not not a, a marquee matchup, but I want to see how Miami does against Duke. I mean, it, Miami losing to FIU the other night was inexplicable. I it was such a bizarre game to watch. Where I mean, there were just weird things with, with uh, weird plays and, and with a ball bouncing weird and questionable calls and FIU guys randomly going down with injuries that might not have really been injuries after all. It was just such a bizarre game and, I mean, easily one of, if not the worst loss in, in Miami history. Um, the the closest recent comparison I can come up with, uh, they lost 58 to nothing at home to Clemson in 2015. They fired Algold, and again, that was a humiliating, humiliating loss for the Canes, even though Clemson was good. And then they went on the road the next week with an interim coach and beat Duke. So now they're going to try and rebound from this humiliating loss by going to win at Duke. So that's a game I'm very interested in. And then I'll, I'll give you one more really off the radar one: uh, Fighting Chippewas of Central Michigan noon on Friday against Toledo. Why the heck might you be interested in that? Uh, Central Michigan can win the uh, the MAC West Division by beating Toledo, which would put Jim McElwain, the former Gators coach, in the MAC oh, title. Wow. Yeah, I mean he's done a great job. He's done a great job in his first year there. I mean the Central Michigan and one 11 last year and they've got a chance to uh, to play for a, a league title if they beat Toledo on on Friday. Okay, looking over the schedule, I finally got an upset one for you here, Rick. Uh 24 Virginia Tech against Virginia. Uh, the Cavaliers I think have lost like 15 in a row uh to to uh the Hokies in this Commonwealth Cup whatever they call it. I I think this is the year it finally snaps. Um You know, Virginia is pretty balanced. Uh, Bryce Perkins, very good quarterback. Good, not great on both sides of the ball. They've been solid. And and the real reason I think this this streak is finally going to come to an end is because it will be peak ACC coastal chaos. Uh, The coastal uh, is the craziest, stupidest, weirdest, mediocre division in in the Power Five. And if Virginia wins, the the winner of this game wins the, the coastal division and gets to get killed by Clemson next week. So if Virginia wins, it will be seven different ACC Coastal champions in the last seven years. So that's why it's going to happen because the gods have declared it as such. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> football gods sometimes weigh in. There's no doubt about that. You, you uh, can't argue players, Rick.
0: it's it's no. inarguable, Rick. There is no logic <laughs> that you can come up with that uh, makes my point wrong.
1: I wouldn't <laughs> attempt to. And then and then you have uh, you have the all important AAC battle between Cincinnati and memphis uh, those two programs have had really good years to say the very least
0: they have both legitimate top 20 teams um i think memphis is going to win this one in the liberty bowl um you know they've been playing really well uh, cincinnati's been kind of squeaking by the last couple of weeks then and the great thing about this game is you know memphis wins they win the, the west cincinnati has already clinched the east so we'll see a rematch between these two teams next week
1: I always thought that was weird, you know. If, if when that occurs, uh, like, you know, you want to win the game, right? But by the same token, well, you want to win the game. But By the same token, you got to turn around, and come up with new stuff a week from now. So, I suppose if you if you beat them, you feel confident you're going to beat them again. But uh, that happens in the NFL sometimes too, and um, it's just a it's just a weird dynamic all the way around.
0: I think if I remember right, with, with this one too, um, the the winner of this game would probably get to uh, to host the game next week. So that's an important consideration too.
1: yes that's correct if cincinnati wins they'll host if memphis wins they host but if cincinnati wins they'll most likely play navy
0: in the championship correct which is a different wrinkle because navy is you know still the, the old school kind of triple option thing whereas memphis is much more new school uh with a differently explosive offense
1: crazy well it's a great weekend it's my favorite weekend in college football i think i like it better than the conference championships to be on, honest with you rivalry weekend And Matt Baker will be at the Florida State-Florida game. I'm quite certain of that. Uh, And then if you want to follow the Florida State head coaching situation, make sure you follow him on TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Rick. Man, I love, love this holiday. Lots of football, lots of food, of course. Hey, we've got uh, NFL football as well. You've got the Bears and the Lions playing their traditional Thanksgiving day there in Detroit. Bills and the Cowboys, that's a big one for Dallas trying to bounce back. And the Saints could clinch the NFC South tonight if they win over the Atlanta Falcons, of course, who are coming off that loss to the Bucks just uh, four days ago. So if you like college football, we've also got the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Meanwhile, tomorrow, we're going to get you ready for the Bucks at the Jaguars on Sunday. And, folks, uh, if you want to save some money on your electric bill, call my friends at May Electric Solar now. You can call them at 727-819-2862. And if you do that, you can also receive a 30% tax credit through 2019 by changing to solar energy. Call the real May Electric at 727-819-2862. And have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. For Steve Verstik, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times.